You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. And Matthew chapter 16, verses 17 to 18 in the message translation, the Bible says, Jesus came back. God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers. My father in heaven, God himself, lets you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I am going to tell you who you are, who you really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. Heavenly Father, this morning we pray that you would cause by your word someone to be encouraged, inspired, strengthened in our faith. Let no one under this service, under the influence of our voices, under ministration, leave here the same. Lord, provide an anointing that will make both preaching, teaching, and the hearing, and even the doing of your word easy. You know where we all are. Send us a word to deliver us. Lord, you know who's standing at a checkpoint. You know who's standing at a place where they are not sure how to proceed. You know who's being questioned. Our Father, uh, let us not live here the same. Let mountains move. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise. We thank you for that person in this service who is grappling with your love. We thank you for that person in this service who is struggling with debt. We thank you for that person in this service who is at crossroads. Lord, beyond anything that I can say, I ask, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts today. God, we share the big amen. 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 Would you help me tell the person next to you, tell them I love you very much. I'm crazy like that. I love strangers. Uh, I love you very much. All right. If you did your homework, you would have read Nehemiah chapter 1 and chapter 2. Um, if you didn't do your homework, it's okay. And that is because we start a new series this morning titled um, The Parable of the Checkpoint. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those are the people I hired to do the who, who. <laughs> um, and Jesus would teach in parables when he was around. Uh, he would, because parables or using things which happen in our everyday world help us to sometimes understand truth a, a little quicker. All right. Um, now, I got this very nice Bible for Christmas. And the beautiful thing about this Bible is it's really big. But then I think the person who gave it to me uh, wanted to test my faith because. The chapters are written in Roman numerals. So if I have to open to Isaiah 61, I have to remember what 61 is. <laughs> so like X, I, X, X. <laughs> so I just give up and I start counting from the top. One, two, three. But if you've been in Lagos long enough, you have faced a checkpoint before. I want to do something. Where's BWS? Where's Pastor Busola? Where? Can you come forward, please? Um, <laughs> hurry, 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 hurry. Um, if you've been in Lagos long enough, you have f- been at a checkpoint before. 
Um, I just wanted us to acknowledge uh, our deputy resident pastor who puts in a ton of work to keep life where you don't even have to come to the stage, but you can just I just wanted to see you and just tell her we love you very much. All right, yeah, yeah. That's that's our real pastor in this church. Myself and Ogo just come and do this nice, you know, talking your baritone something here. But that's her. she runs this church, all right. And I look forward to playing golf on Sunday morning while she runs all our churches. Um, we, we most likely will start a church in Yabal Suriliri, uh, a Life Point church. And we most likely will start an evening service very soon. All right, just wanted you to know. Okay, Idris, stay focused. <laughs> yeah, all right. So uh, if you've been in Lagos long enough, you have been to a couple of checkpoints. I don't know whether they have checkpoints in Ibadan. Uh, just wanted to get the Ibadan people out of the way quickly. You know, I love Ibadan. And I really need to focus on my message today. All right? But a checkpoint is a barrier. A manned entrance, typically at a border where security checks are carried out on travelers. All right? Um, and there are different types of checkpoints. They're the ones, the, the police, will, who are your friend, will set up. They are the ones you would meet when you are traveling out of the country. And then they will check your passport. They will check that you've got a visa. They will check that you're not carrying drugs. And when we read Nehemiah's story, I think it's something that anyone who wants to do great things in life should read. Because it's a man who in verse 1, becomes inspired by God to do something out of the ordinary. He's already in a comfortable place. Right? And he's, a, he's the cupbearer for the king. And so he's already in a comfortable place. He's someone who the king trusts. So he's not a poor man. In fact, the way I think it used to work was that he would have to taste the wine before the king drank it. You know, so, so, you know, if they were trying to poison the king, they had to come through Nehemiah first. So the king had to take care of him, right? The king had to take care of him. But, but, but the Bible says, you know, in verse, let's, let's read out of Nehemiah 2. The Bible says, if you read from verse 4, so he, he gets this big vision, I want to go and rebuild the walls. So the Bible says, then the king said to me, what do you request? Nehemiah 2.4. So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, the queen also sitting beside him, how long will your journey be? And when will you return? And so it pleased the king to send me. And I set a time. Furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river, that they must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah. And the letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me timber. To make beams for the gates of the citadel, which pertains to the temple, for the city wall, and for the house that I will occupy. 
And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of my Lord, of my God upon me. Then I went to the governors in the region beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. And when Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of it, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. I like how in this text, he would say to the king, I've got a big task to do. And the king says, look, it's fine. You can head off and go and do it. But he says, look, he remembers that along the way, there will be people who will question what he is doing. There will be forces that will say, why are you going this way? Who told you you can go like this? Who told you you can become this? There will be checkpoints along the way. So I love how he says to the king, look, uh, king, if it pleases you, give me a letter. He says to the governors of the region beyond the rivers on the way to Judah. He says that they must <laughs> permit me to pass through. And when you read further down, he says, give me another letter to Asaph who is the keeper of the king's forest, that he must, not subject to his discretion, not a matter of opinion, he must give me timber for the rebuilding of the city wall, the walls of the temple, and the house in which I would live. If you've been in Lagos, Nigeria, you've heard the term, show me your particular, oh sorry, I said that with an accent. Show me your particulars. It's a popular refrain, that we hear at the checkpoints over and over and over again. Help me ask the person next to you, show me your particulars. Uh, show me your particulars. I know you got lucky people, so you are saying it with the accent. So you can even ask them, where are your particulars? Where, where are your particulars? If you just got back last week, you're like, what are particulars? What are those? <laughs> so really, they're like facts, you know, or details about a person or a thing that are read down or kept down. So if you have a car, your car will have um, some, some documents that show, number one, what it is. That it has been registered by the government. In fact, you as a person must carry to drive what is called a license. Now, I know you're in church today. And you've been driving without a license in the city of Lagos. Uh -huh. <laughs> Mm. Repent. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, repent, 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 repent. It's, I'm speaking to all of us. <laughs> One Sunday, we should ask everybody driving and show us your license. You cannot be living in unrighteousness. But you need a license to drive. So, this particular is essentially conveying the confidence or authorization of the state. So when Demilade takes a license and comes, he's saying, look, the government of Nigeria recognized that I can drive. And they have given me authority to drive. And then when he's sitting in his, 
wine-colored Range Rover 2016. Inside the dashboard or somewhere, I don't know where they keep the Range Rover ones for that year. But inside are papers that say, this car belongs to Demilade. What's your surname, sir? <laughs> you know, Mr. of so so address. And this is the number of the car. And by the way, there are a couple of other documents in there that Demilade would have. Something that says that he has insured the car. There might be another one that says uh, that the car is roadworthy. There might be another one that says, what else do, we, what else do you have in your car? Because there's really a lot of them. Sorry? Cost, customs? Yes. That you did not, manif- that you did not steal, the, uh, you brought the car in and paid the due. There are so many types of checkpoints in life. And I'm speaking to someone today who, and over this month, who God is saying, look, the gates of hell cannot stop you. That God is saying it does not matter what type of checkpoint is there. He says, look, I've given you, I'm with you. I don't know if you've ever driven through a checkpoint before and your papers were not complete. Your heart of its own accord begins to beat. You want to pray in the spirit. But the other voice, the voice of your conscience, how do you pray in the spirit when you're in illegal business? Let me ask the person next to you, ask them, are your particulars with you? Are your particulars complete? Are your particulars complete? There are checkpoints at borders. There are checkpoints at airports. For someone, the checkpoint in front of you is that you're about to get married. You want to get married. Someone, you want to move from being a manager to an executive. Someone, you want to move from just being a Christian who comes to church on a regular Sunday to be a bit more committed. For someone, you are just facing adult life. Your father has told you, October 1, 2019, the last month I am sending you pocket money. Is the checkpoint, sir. For someone, you've got final exams. Someone, you want to change a job. Someone, you've decided to stop being a bad boy. That old life, I will not do it anymore. I am following Jesus. But your documents are important. I mean, you know that a passport is such a powerful thing. You know, so now, now passports are normally this size. And before you now say, ah, Pia has a red passport. It's not a passport. <laughs> now, will me later and say, give me that passport. It's a jota. <laughs> which I've actually carried in my... So I have a green one also, and one day I was coming back into the country, really sleepy over the night, and I bring out this jot, and I give the man of the passport, immigration office, and he's really upset. Chief, what is this? I'm like, my passport. But you know passports, small documents like this? <laughs> you know, you can all be... You know, when you arrive, let's say you arrive at Heathrow, then they divide you according to your passport. See... British citizens this way. EU. Others. (laughs) And it doesn't matter who you came down on the plane with. 
You can say we're all friends. There's no we're all friends now. You go according to the documentation that you have. Because that passport summons the voice, the favor, the authority of the organization or the government that issued it. So when you bring out your Nigerian passport proudly at immigration, they hear the voice of our president. Behold, this is our citizen, whom we are well pleased. Please allow him in. (laughs) Paul, in some difficult situations in life, when he had formed apostle, formed apostle, spoken tongues, (laughs) they were still trashing I said, but how can you be trashing a Roman citizen? Everything falls into place. The passport is like a spiritual tool. Life will always respond to authority that has been communicated. Life will always respond to authority that has been communicated. In our text, Nehemiah says to the king, I am about to go on a journey that will transform lives. I am about to go on the journey that will transform my family. I'm about to start a project that will transform Nigeria. But he says, I will not go without confirmation that I am going on the authority of the king. Help me ask the person next to you, who sent you? Who sent you? Who sent you? Right? Who sent you? He says, if it pleases the king to send me to Judah, he says, let letters be given to me that the governors of regions after the river, but where the king cannot be seen physically, that when I produce these letters at the checkpoints, it says that they must permit me to go. That when I get to Asaf, even though Asaf does not know me, that when I produce these particulars, that he must let me go. I don't know who has been standing admiring a checkpoint from afar. Oh my goodness, when we used to go from uh, Lagos to Benin by road, sometimes you stop at a checkpoint. eh? As you are talking to them, you can see the next one. I'm not joking. And they tell you, ah, no, those are different ones. Those are from Area F. (laughs) So sometimes you do police, customs, local government, police, army, mobile police, SARS, Paul, in his heyday, before Jesus brings him into the kingdom, Acts chapter 9, the Bible says when he was still in that ministry of persecuting the church, you read verses 1 and 2 of Acts chapter 9, the Bible says he went to the high priest asking him to give him letters that he might head up and go and find the Christians. It says that ask for letters from him. Where is your authority, child of God? On what basis are you going? 
Because as Christians, we move on the authority of the king. Nehemiah secures permission, favor, and authorization from the king. On whose authority are you planning your life? I know your father is a is a big man, as we say in this part. But on whose authority are you planning your life? I know you've got a PhD in financial economics from the University of XYZ. But on whose authority are you planning your life? There used to be this whole concept where they would talk about serving at Her Majesty's pleasure. And essentially, it just simply said, look, man, I am under the covering of government. I am a man under authority. When Nehemiah is sent, when you read through that scripture... He says to the king, look, send me letters for X, Y, Z. When we read further, we realize that there are some people, and we begin to deal with that next week, who Nehemiah has no clue will stand up against him. So gentlemen called Sambalats and Tobiah and Geshem. And all through this month, we'll talk about how you deal with discouragement. Let no one lie to you. That there will be things, that there won't be things that will discourage you. Next Sunday, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about how to deal with demonic interference. Because the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We'll talk about how to deal with denial. How to deal with delay. How to deal with mistakes that you have made in the past. Tell the person next to you, tell them you're making progress in life. You are making progress. You are making progress in life. Because the person who has correct understanding of the authority that God has sent them with in life has little or no fear of a checkpoint. I remember being stopped. I, I, know, I think my, my general disposition is improving but I didn't used to like police people uh, I'm not quite sure why right. maybe this is one of the things when you've been bullied in life when you were smaller then when you now get tall and you think you have some money when they stop you say yes yes why are you wasting my time until you don't have correct papers then you're humble but I, I remember so I came we were traveling and we got to a police as they just, just brought out all the papers in the car. Handed it over to the man. And I remember, I can't forget, because he looked stunned and he's like, did I ask you for them? But that is a show of confidence. All my papers are here. All my papers are here. Child of God, where is the proof of your authority. On what basis are you proceeding? 
So Paul's letter to the Ephesian church, when you read Ephesians 1, 17, all the way to 19, begins to make a bit more sense to me. Because Paul says, look, I pray that God will give you the Holy Spirit. He calls him the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that he would cause the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. That you may know the hope to which you've been called. That you may know how, what kind of riches you have as in someone who has an inheritance in Christ Jesus. That you may know the power that is at work in those of us who believe. Because it is very possible to be a Christian and be ignorant. It is. I pray, as Paul was saying, that you know the authority of what you carry. So someone says to me, but Idris, look, so, so what is it that we have as Christians? What are our particulars? What, what do we have as proof? What is the basis on which we are living life? Because in Christ Jesus, you have the legal rights and permission to make unhindered progress in life. I'd like us to read, um, we'll read Matthew 28 later. Let's read Colossians chapter 3. And verse 17. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. What should I say to the checkpoints of my life? What should I say when I'm faced with something I do not understand? What should I say when I'm faced with someone who is carrying guns and I don't have guns? What should I say? I mean, typically when you see some of these police guys or those, I mean, they're broad-chested, tall guys like me, you know. Are you sniggering? <laughs> Big guys, what should I say? Who sent me? One time we were in the UK, um, yep, and um, we're on the train, and I think my version of the story is that P.O. forgot the bag and the train. Uh, but you, you know, well, okay, let's, no, no, sorry, let's not, let's, 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 we forgot our bag and the train, you know. And so we had come, so we're coming, I think as we got down, we realized that we had done something wrong. Because I think immediately the other people in the train were worried that this black family had left the, the bag in the train. So I think they were calling the police, we were looking for the police, you know. And I remember, you know, we found some policemen, told them we left the bag on the train. So they made me go in their car with them to the next train station. Um, and I remember that episode, you know, coming down from the police car. <laughs> Just in case someone tells you in life that they once saw your pastor arrested by police people in London. <laughs> this is the story. <laughs> you know, I remember big policemen, they came down, and me, I came down, people were just looking at me, hey, they've caught them again. This Nigerians, they will not leave our place for us. You know, and then they made us identify our staff. That story has no direct relevance to my message. I just wanted to clear out in case they tell your pastor was arrested somewhere. <laughs> it's a lie, okay? But in Colossians chapter 3, Paul says, whatsoever we do, all the things that we do, whether in deed or word. It says, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
giving thanks to God the Father through him. Because the love of God, church, produces for us a sacrifice that we accept by faith. We remember when we break bread, when we take the Holy Communion, that the blood of Jesus, <laughs> in fact, you know, I said to someone yesterday how, and I put it in my notes, how it's as if there is a blood stamp document that a Christian carries. The Bible says that on the day of Passover, they had told the Israelites, look, look, put the sign of the blood over your lintels. That when destruction will come, when that checkpoint will arise, they will recognize that there is a stamp on your documents. I don't know who needs to remember this. Because when we say we plead the blood of Jesus, what do we really mean? We're not taking buckets and literally just taking and pouring. No, 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 no. But the Bible says in Hebrews, that when it speaks about the things that you find when you come to Mount Zion, numerical company of angels, to the spirit of just men made perfect, it says you come to the blood that speaks better things than the voice of Abel. The voice of Abel was the one which was constantly crying out for judgment. And so when we plead the blood, when we present the blood, we say, look, we are coming under the covering of the speech of the blood of Jesus. We're saying to the checkpoints of life that, look, the blood of Jesus was speaking about me. The blood of Jesus was speaking about Funto. The blood of Jesus was speaking about Kende. That the blood of Jesus, that look here, chief. I know you have guns. I know you are standing as a mountain before Zerubbabel. But may I present this document to you. And because of the blood of Jesus, in Matthew 28, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. He says, Go therefore and preach. Go therefore and live the life that I have called you to live. Paul says here in Colossians, whatsoever things you do, whether in word or in deed, he says, would you do them in the name of Jesus Christ? Now, I know that we're very used to using the name of Jesus as an appendage to put at the end of prayer. So we pray, we pray, we pray, and then we say, in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. In fact, when you don't say in Jesus' name, People look at you and they mutter under their breath silently. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. But it's more than that, sir. It's more than that. The writer of the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 18, I think, he says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. He says the righteous run into it and they are saved. It's more than that. In fact, when you read Colossians again and look at it properly, the name of Jesus is not just something to be said is actually a premise for action. It's the basis on which we go. So I know there's someone listening to me who needs to start a company. But you can see the checkpoints in front of you. 
They say, who told you it's people like you that start companies? I know there is a young man here who needs to get married. God has even shown you Damilari in the choir. But there are checkpoints. Your friend told you the other day. <laughs> Damilari is schooled abroad though. But you went to Babcock. Checkpoint. Don't you see what that, that means? He drives the LRO3. It's old model, but it's LRO3. But me and you were still, were still trying to do taxify. It's a checkpoint. Who told you you can own a house? Who told you you can stop smoking weed? Your grandfather smoked weed. Your father is a weed seller. Your brother <laughs> is a wholesaler. <laughs> he has a website. <laughs> Checkpoints. Who told you you can be healed? Look, you've had 15 abortions. Who told you God will be unjust to give you a good husband? Even you, don't you have, if you were God, will you give yourself a good husband? <laughs> Checkpoint, sir. Oh boy, you have, you've started three businesses, they've all failed. You've taken money from your father. Uncle George gave you three million. You spent, failed. Checkpoint, sir. Who told you it's people like you that they accept in universities abroad? Look at your English now, it's not straight. Checkpoint, sir. Who told you you would go to heaven? But the name of Jesus is a premise for action. So when they say, who told you you would get married? I will get married in the name of Jesus. Who told you you would build a house? I will build a house in the name of Jesus. Who told you you would have a baby? I will have a baby in the name of Jesus. Who told you you would make heaven? I will make heaven in the name of Jesus. Uh, who told you you would live a righteous life? I will live a righteous life in the name of Jesus. Who told you you will be wealthy? I will be wealthy in the name of Jesus. Who told you you would get admission into Harvard? I will get admission into Harvard in the name of Jesus. Who told you you would win a Grammy Award? I will win a Grammy Award in the name of Jesus. The Bible says whatsoever things you do or say, do them in the name of of Jesus. It says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. I know one of that song we sing, it says you have no rival. You have no equal. And this one you supposed to be playing the song, so it just flows with the message. <laughs> you have no rival. You have no equal. And now and forever, the Lord, you reign. You, you know the song better than that. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. 
the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Come on, church. And nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name. So whether it's Lasma, <laughs> I come in the name of Jesus. Whether it's heartbreak, I come in the name of Jesus. Whether it's Sambalat, Tobiah, or Geshem, I come in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter the tribe of the demon, I come in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter whether my father fought it, I come in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter how old it has been in the family, I come in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter who sent it, I come in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter whether it's local or foreign, I come in the name of Jesus. So show me your particulars. Because someone you've been standing and admiring their uniform for a long time. You heard what they've done to another person and what they did to that person. God says, would you move? Would you move? Would you move? It's not fake papers, my brother. These checkpoints do not accept bribe. The Bible says in Acts chapter 19 that some guys who did not know Jesus, uh, they went to a place and they were trying to cast out demons. And uh, the Bible says they said to the demon, would you come out <laughs> in the name of Jesus Christ <laughs> uh, who Paul preaches? Uh, the Bible says in Acts chapter 19, and the evil spirit answered and said unto them, Jesus I know, Paul I know, Fallaby I know, uh, Demilade I know, Esohe I know, uh, Dami, I know. Idris, I know. He says, but who are you? Checkpoint, sir. I don't know who's been hiding their particulars under the table. <laughs> I don't know. Because the name of Jesus is not just something we, we say religiously. Because the Christian's authorization guarantees him protection and covering. You have access to angelic escorts. You have access to blessings. Nehemiah says, these papers I'm carrying. Because when you saw Nehemiah walking out of the king's palace that day with those papers, you didn't understand what those papers meant. It meant that Nehemiah could stand before kings beyond the river on the way to Judah and say the king sent me and they will answer. So someone has the name of Jesus as a Christian but you don't know what it means. And so when they say apply for the job, you're like, eh, look at my CV. When they say talk to Damilari in the choir, you say, eh. When God says go and register that company, you say, Nobody in my whole village has ever started a company. When God says to you, you will testify of me, you will preach in nations, you're looking at the empty bottle of snaps or whatever else catches your fancy. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9, that therefore God also has a kindly, highly exalted him. 
and giving him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Of those in heaven and on earth. And of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. When God sends you, when he, gives, when he gives us the name of Jesus, it's amazing. It's amazing, church. He, he says to, the, to his disciples, he says to them in Luke, I think Luke 19, he says, go into the city. He says, there is an ass or a donkey. Nobody has ridden it yet. He says, go and loosen it. B bring it. And if I'm the disciple, I'm like, well, Jesus, I know you didn't really like me. But I should just enter the town. I should just walk into First Bank and say, I have a plan. I should say hi to her. I should do that test. I should apply. I should try. I should write the app, the software. I should... And the Bible says, Jesus says to them, if anybody asks you questions, if you get to a checkpoint, he said, tell them the Lord has need of it. Because when God sends you, for someone he has sent provision ahead of you. I, I, I love the God experience. So while she was still sad about a scholarship that did not come, the scholarship had patiently been waiting. It had been waiting for months. I'm actually going to Google my name today. Don't know what God has left for me online. <laughs> ah, no, prophecy is destructive. For someone, God has left an admission. For someone, he's left healing. For someone, he's left health. For someone, he's left restoration. For someone, he's left a husband. The name of Jesus is a premise for action, church. Jesus' name is for movement. Jesus' name, like our passports, essentially summons <laughs> the whole of heaven. It summons the presence of the king. The Bible says that at the mention of that name, knees bow. And so for me, this morning as you know, we proceed on this whole journey, I think one of the things we are contending with in the lives of people as we teach this is you don't have any excuse to be stopped. You don't have any excuse that everything that stands in front of you like a mountain Everything that stands in front of you like an impossibility. Everything that has come to discourage you. They will gather, the Bible says. They will surely gather. So that discouragement is not a... It doesn't take us by surprise. The Bible says, it says why do the heathens rage? Why do they imagine a vain thing? 
Because we need to come to the place where, because we understand who we are carrying, what we are carrying, the particulars are in place, that we are not afraid of the checkpoints anymore. That's the way you sing a very old song, and I know you don't know it. It's, it says, uh, what, sh- it's, uh, what shall we say to this thing? What shall we say to this thing? I know you don't know. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. So the first line says, uh, I'm not afraid of the darkness. Who shall I fear if God be for me? And what shall we say to this thing? And what shall we say to this things that I'm not afraid anymore? I want us to end the service this morning by singing Israel Hutton's song. Uh, I apologize to the band. I should have told you this one. Um, moving forward. You know that one. Did you give me two minutes to ramble a bit? And then you come. Uh, guys, it's time to move. I, in case you've not noticed, haven't you guys been listening to the message? You can with which you've jumped off stage. But in case, all right, it's fine, don't worry. I'm not going to let them distract me. We'll talk to somebody here. In case you've not noticed, I'm moving. Oh, well, I'm moving. I am moving. I am moving. I'm moving house. I'm moving in ministry. I'm moving in confidence. I'm moving in faith. I'm not moving wife. <laughs> But I'm, I'm moving. So when you come back next month, you will not see me the way you used to know me. Oh, yeah. So the checkpoints are not the issue, sir. In fact, on Wednesday, we'll talk about, I think, uh, we'll be talking out of, you know, so, so Paul says in Galatians, he says that every man should examine himself. Yeah? If you want a corollary in, uh, uh, what do you call it, in modern day, uh, music, uh, I think it's Ice Cube that says, check yourself uh, before you wreck yourself. So because I just mentioned Ice Cube, you want to sing over that. So Ice Cube said, check yourself before you wreck yourself. And then Paul said it before him in Galatians, says to examine yourself. So we'll deal with that on Wednesday. Then on Sunday, we'll talk about dealing with discouragement. Paul, what you did you you would teach Bible study uh, 9 to 10 out of uh, First John. You know we've been postponing for a while. We might as well teach. So everybody come early, 9 to 10, come about 9 o'clock. Myself and Demilade will teach out of First John, and I think it's a good basis for this. But someone, I know, but the truth is not a punishment. I actually thought about it. I knew I was going to tell you. All right. But I, I just, someone is carrying the particulars of heaven. But you have been shy to go on the journey because of the checkpoint. You saw the security men and you were scared. And God said, look, I even put them for you. <sighs> My work is done. Let's pray in the spirit one minute and then we can sing the song, okay? <laughs> I don't know what needs to move in your life. Mambo I don't know what needs to move in your life. I don't know what mountain stands before you. For someone, you've literally been in the same spot for 12 years. 
Just pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. In the name of Jesus. We are praying in the name of Jesus. We are praying as if it is Jesus who is praying. Oh wow. It doesn't matter whether it's the CIA. We come in the name of Jesus. Pray, pray. There is a release of spiritual momentum in this house. It says, when men shall say there is a casting down, we shall declare that there is a lifting up. Echoes. It says, if God be for me, who can be against me? Echoes. So, Thank you for listening to a message from Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.com.